Hello everyone. The reading this evening is from Romans chapter 13, verses 8 to 14. Romans chapter 13, starting at verse 8. Let no debt remain outstanding, except the continuing debt to love one another. Whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other command there may be, are summed up in this one command, love your neighbour as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbour, therefore love is the fulfilment of the law. And do this understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over, the day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armour of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual morality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves in the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Good evening. Well, this evening we're looking at what is often missing in many churches. The missing ingredient is love. So if you turn back to Romans 13, we'll look again at this passage, verses 8 to 14. When you're invited to a wedding, a funeral or to the Queen, I strongly suspect that most of us will dress accordingly. The way we dress shows our respect for the prime person who's the focus of the meeting and it shows what we expect to happen. Well, this is the very point that Paul's making in this passage. He's saying our behaviour is rather like the clothes that we wear. We wear for that big day. He's saying love your neighbour for the day is almost here. Hmm. Now we know Romans chapters 1 to 11 is all about God's mercy to us. Then in chapter 12, he moves on to talk about our response. Uh, he says, get dressed for the coming day. Well, we saw last week that we must all submit to the God-given authority that is in our society. Even if we don't like what's going on, we have to respect them. Of course, if they go directly against what God teaches, then we have to straightforwardly say that's wrong. But don't forget the church is primarily concerned to order our own behaviour. Now, the first point here, we must learn to love other people. So my first point is, love your neighbour. It's a great shame that in some areas, Christians have a reputation for being negative. We don't get drunk. We're not promiscuous. We don't go to parties. We don't some societies play cards, uh, go to the theatre, because these can be tainted with evil. And we can give the impression that 
Perhaps we think we're just slightly better than other people because we don't do these things. But Paul's making the profound point here to, that seeking the respect of people is something that's very important. Uh, obviously, stealing is not respecting someone. It's taking what's theirs. That's not love. Murder certainly isn't. Uh, Sex outside marriage, that's very damaging. But the big point is that God wants us to live by the Ten Commandments because they depict his character. It's not rules, it shows what God is like. We Christians have got to learn to be positive people, for loving People, going that extra mile. It's not keeping to rules, it's love that God wants. To love them practically and spiritually so that they can get right with God. The Bible teaches very clearly that we're all people in a community. When we turn to Christ, we automatically become members of the Christian community, the church. Whether we like it or not. It's a terrible thing that people think that they can uh, be baptised in their own bath, <laughs> on their own, that they can be a Christian and not be involved in the community. It's not true. We've got an obligation, therefore, to learn to love each other in the church, but also in our communities. After all, all people are God's people. And we must care for them. So to love others is not optional. We must move away from thinking of sin as being bad things that people do to thinking of sin as a, a failure to love. Do you know that, that verse in, in James 4.17? If anyone knows the good they ought to do and don't do it, to them it is sin. That's the way we've got to move our thinking. Jesus teaches us that God's law is deeper and higher than external rules. So my first point is love your neighbour. The second point is love fulfils God's law. Now this is exactly why we've got to learn to love because God is love. And if we follow him, we're doing what he wants. Look at verse 10. Therefore, love is the fulfilment of the law. Now, let's be very clear. We cannot ever be saved by what we do. Just trying to love people cannot put us right with God. No, it's God's grace that's called people to be followers of Jesus. But when we're followers of Jesus and we've put our trust in him, then we know we've been called for a purpose. And that purpose is to honour the God who saved us, to honour Jesus. And we do that by living a new life, a life of, of love. Loving works are the product of this new life. But also loving words, 
in sharing with people how they too can be saved. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus uh, made it very, very clear that God doesn't judge us by the outward rules that the Pharisees lived by. He judges us how we think, what's in our hearts. Do you remember he said, uh, you've heard it said, do not murder. But I tell you that anyone who is angry, angry with his brother, will be subject to judgment. Oh dear, because anger is quite a big problem amongst some Christians. Uh, he goes on, you've heard it said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you, anyone who looks at a woman lust lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Oh dear. See, loving people means drawing near to others, going out of our way to help them, being friends, whatever that need may be. As a, a friend of mine who was a Christian lawyer, and he was asked if, if you'd go out to lunch with a lady in the firm. The soon, soon the reason became very clear. Uh, the lady's husband was having an affair and she was utterly devastated. But then she explained why she wanted to talk to him. She said, I came to you as everyone I meet says they don't want to take sides. I'd thought as a Christian you'd understand how hurt I am because that's wrong, isn't it? Christians must love, but love means sometimes standing up for what's right. There's no doubt God's law is the best way for a society to live. When we willingly support others, uh, we look after the elderly and the infirm, we're, we're loving them. And that's how the society works well. So we Christians mustn't say, stay distant from people in our ivory towers, having a private form of Christianity that's inward looking. No, that's utterly against what the New Testament talks about. We're to be in groups, helping other people. We're to help the children in the church. Isn't it wonderful seeing those people who volunteer to, to help train our children both by example and by teaching. Or body and soul, those people who week by week meet up with the retired folks and just give them a good time, but also share the gospel with them. <laughs> when I was a medical student, I was very impressed by a senior surgeon. Uh, he and his wife opened their home every Sunday afternoon at four o'clock to anyone who wanted to come and just had a simple tea, a few cakes, sandwiches, tea. The real thing was the friendships that came together and then they'd go on to their local church afterwards if people wanted to go. They did this week in, week out and it was very effective. At my medical school some of the nurses did the same and sometimes they'd be 50 of us squashed into this flat. We all brought little portions to eat, 
But it's the, the being together. As you can imagine, the Christian Union there grew dramatically during those years. But uh, we've, we've got to face that loving can also be quite tricky. If you get involved with people, you can get involved in difficult situations. Let me give you an example. Say you're at work and you're befriending people around and you know that uh, people in your department, one person uh, is uh, a homosexual, but you're, you're loving them. And then comes the day uh, he wants to get married. Uh, what do you do? A gay wedding. Hmm. How should I as a Christian respond? See, now I've got two tensions. I'm called to love this person, but also I've got Christian standards. Now, these people are precious to God. He's created them. They need the same saviour as we do. But I don't want to be seen to condone what the Bible teaches is immorality. I do want them to keep respecting me because I want my witness to continue. Now, there are various ways to get out of this. I could just uh, decline, say, I'm terribly sorry, I'm busy that day. You know, have a good day. That way, I might feel I keep myself pure, but it's not very loving and it probably will affect the relationship. How can we react in such a, a difficult situation? How about writing a letter like this? Dear Blogs, I hope you realise that I love you very much indeed. I'm your friend and I'm I'm very excited to see your new partner and hopefully become friends with him too. I do hope your big day will be very special to you and I'm grateful to be invited. Thank you. You may have guessed that this puts me also in a dilemma because, as you know, I'm convinced that Jesus is the saviour of the world and in him is everything I need. He teaches us in the Bible that same-sex relationships are wrong, contrary to what many people think today. But Jesus teaches us to love everybody. So I would love to accept your kind invitation and I'll be there to support you both without pretending to abandon what Jesus teaches. Please forgive me if this seems weird or unkind in any way. I'm just trying to love you as I think Christ wants me to. I'll certainly be praying for you and your guests on this special day. With much respect and great love, yours. You see, it isn't easy in a fallen world to maintain Christ's principles and yet to be loving and kind in the same way we do it. So... First point was love your neighbour. The second point is love fulfills God's law. But now we've got to come to the idea that love is practical. Do you remember Jesus' parable of the Good Samaritan in Luke, Luke 10, 25? 
The expert asked Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What's the Bible say? Jesus asks. Well, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbour as yourself. You are right. And then the man replies, and who is my neighbour? <laughs> Not many people that realise that this parable is the basis of care recognised by the British law of negligence. So the basic question in law is, who is my neighbour that I'm responsible for loving? It's a brilliant story. The uh, poor man is mugged as he travels on that rocky road down from Jerusalem to Jericho. The religious people, a priest and a Levite, obviously in a hurry, uh, pass by this poor man who's in need. Perhaps someone else will cope and they've got their priorities. They'll have good excuses. Uh, it could be dangerous to stay around there. And people looking religious, probably good game, might have a gold chain on. Uh, and probably they mustn't be late for the church meeting that they've got to chair. Or they can't let their family down. They're busy enough as it is. Yet it's the outsider who cares at great cost to himself. It's that outsider who's just like Jesus, isn't he? The rejected one and all he's done for us. So Jesus isn't saying that we should abandon gospel ministry uh, to search out battered travellers. No, gospel ministry must be part of genuine love for others around us. So we must surely take a look at ourselves and say, am I really loving? Am I known as a loving person? Am I going the second mile? Am I offering lifts to people at church or is it too much bother? Am I doing the shopping for someone or am I too busy? Am I reading the Bible with someone who uh, perhaps is struggling to understand the faith or are other things more important? We've got to start doing more things like this because God loves it. You know, we evangelicals, we love our theology, but do we love people? There are many evangelical churches that have died, basically because we haven't learnt this lesson. In the Old Testament, Jeremiah emphasises this. This is a good one, Jeremiah 9. 23. Let not the wise boast in his wisdom, but let the one who boasts boast about this, that they know me. I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice and righteousness on the earth. For in these I delight, declares the Lord. Now, how does God do these things? Exercise kindness, justice and righteousness? Well, it's primarily through his people. Well, my last point is this love is urgent. Look at verses 11 to 14. 
The day of God is fast approaching when our salvation will be made obvious when the Lord Jesus appears or we die and meet him. Our life on earth seems increasingly brief, particularly as we get older. So let's behave, not as people do in TV films, you know, with all that sexual immorality, the debauchery. Oh, you say, well, we don't do that. Well, just read on. Drunkenness. Alcohol today is as much a curse as it was in Victorian England. And people say things when they've drunk too much that they should never say that causes immense damage, even in Christian homes. Then he, he adds in dissension and jealousy. Now Christians are certainly not immune from this. We can stir up trouble just like anyone else. Well, what are we going to do? Well, the day to change is now. Not start changing tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. Yeah, that's in 2 Corinthians, quoting again from Isaiah. We've got to start living as loving people from now. God's primary means of calling men and women to himself are people who've been changed by God's spirit, by turning to Christ in repentance, accepting the forgiveness he gives us, but then determine to live lives that are honouring to him. And people will notice this. It's quite a point for parents. Our children notice how we live and take much more notice than what we say. People around us will notice if, if God is real to us by the difference he makes to our lives. Well, let's conclude. Look at verse 14. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus and do not think how to gratify the desires of the flesh. You know, those desires of the old man. Let's get dressed in Jesus, determined to be like him, to love our neighbours, to love others as he's loved us. It's a very important lesson. Let's pray. Lord, please help us as your people to be loving people. People who love you and therefore love others in the church, but love others outside the church, who are willing to get involved in messy situations because we love you and you got involved with us and our messy situations. Lord, thank you very much that your spirit changes us to be like Jesus. Amen. Amen.